This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. I'm Dan, joined once again by Kev. And we got a huge episode this week. A lot of stuff has happened in this last week for the Patriots. We're really starting to get into the thick of training camp now. We've got that first preseason game behind us. We'll be taking a look later in the episode uh, at our new 53-man roster projections. It's going to be the first time that we've done those since uh, since I think around right after minicamp was when we did the first one. So some changes there. We'll give you some things to watch out for for these upcoming preseason games. But first, Kev, we did it. It's done. Ezekiel Elliott's a Patriot. How do we feel? I love it, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it didn't really seem like Zeke took that much of like a downfall from last season. I mean, he had 12 touchdowns, like almost 900 rushing yards. Um Especially when you're not sure what you have out of Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Like, I know it's pretty high on Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery being injured and getting hurt basically every single time he's picked, like, on the practice field or in a game. So, you know, I love the signing, Stevenson and Zeke, one-two combination. I think it's going to be top five in the league. I think Zeke's the perfect guy for our offense. And so far, it seems like it's working pretty well from the joint practices, which we'll get into later on. So, I definitely love this signing. Yeah. I mean, I can't lie to you. I, I don't think he's going to be in and be like the Ezekiel Elliott of old and like take over our backfield and have this massive season. But as far as, you know, bringing in a running back to compete with Ramondre Stevenson, of course, Dalvin Cook was probably the best option out there. But when you compare it financially, like this is the move that I feel like definitely made the most sense for us. Um, we were actually pretty close with the money or it might have been me and Adam talking about it, but I think. I think I said 1.7 incentives up to four. He got, I think he got, um, he got 1.55 with a 600K signing bonus. So he got pretty much 2.1 up to six. And the way you'd have to get the six, he would need 1,500 yards from scrimmage and 70% of our offensive snaps. So he's not going to do that unless Ramondre Stevenson gets injured and Zeke goes right back to his old self. So I'd be fine with paying him that money. So, Financially, just however you want to work it, I like the move. Um, Zeke has kind of been a big personality in the past, and that was something that I definitely found interesting with him coming into the Patriots. Of course, still very early, um, but I like that he seems kind of prepared to take on the role of, you know, mostly being Ramondre Stevenson's backup. Um, I think that he could definitely teach Ramondre Stevenson a lot. Ezekiel is one of the best running backs in the game during his prime. Um, yeah, just from all aspects, I think it works. You can use him now as kind of your short yardage back, uh, you know, just pounding it up the middle. You don't have to always go to Stevenson there and get him hurt or overwork him. So I think it just helps our offense out across the board. And the uh, pass blocking is huge yeah. too, because he's really good at that other than when the Cowboys decided to put him at center. Yeah, definitely. An, he's an improvement from Ramondre in the pass blocking for sure. Absolutely. And I think him out of um, catching passes on the backfield, he's solid in that department too. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like a fringe that like Ty Montgomery might not make the roster after this, but I definitely think that if you give Zeke like, I'd say what, like with the reps, like 70, 30 between Stevenson and Zeke, 80, 20, something like yeah, that. Yeah, toss Stevenson a little Pierre Strong in there, you know. You know, I definitely think this is a good move for this team. And, you know, it gives the offense a little bit more to be excited about. You know what I mean? Like, I know we wanted that, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins and a, a, a wide receiver one, which we all do, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at least, like, we have a player in Zeke and it'll help out in the offense. So it's definitely a good signing all around. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, I agree with that point. And I would say even more specifically, I think it's a really good thing for Mac Jones um, because we essentially went out, we had a chance to get him a superstar receiver. And the reason we didn't do it, it seems like purely came down to money, which it is what it is. But if you're Mac Jones looking at that, you know, you might question a little bit. It's like, all right, well, if this team really believed in me to be great, they would have just spent the money on this guy knowing that, you know, him and I would be great together and I'd make him a stud. Obviously Mac Jones, I don't think is that type of quarterback. If we still had Brady, it would be like, Oh, Hopkins is a grand slam signing. There's no way it can go wrong. Throw all the money at him, you know? 
So I think there's a little piece of that too, where we saw Mac, you know, taking Zeke out to dinner, all this stuff. Obviously he wants him there. And I think it's probably just like a little confidence boost for him where you've been working with the same offense all throughout training camp. Now you add a huge name, big superstar running back coming in from the Cowboys. I think it kind of just perks up the whole offense because Ramondre isn't going to be sitting there threatened by Zeke or he really shouldn't be. The only guys that would have to worry about it are, you know, the guys you mentioned there like Montgomery, Strong, Harris. Those are guys that honestly all three of them, I wouldn't say are like complete locks to make the roster. I think any of them could get cut if they, you know, finish out this offseason badly. So they kind of just remain in the situation they were in. So, yeah, overall, I think it's also pretty good, pretty good move for the morale of our offense. You know, I completely agree with that. With everything you just said. Um, I do have a question for you before we move on from yeah. the Zeke subject. Is do you think that having Zeke is a lot better than re-signing Damian? I feel like that's something we really haven't no, I been don't. talked about since we signed Zeke. But Zeke does not um, miss games, and Damian Harris does miss a lot of time. If you look through that is... things, and Zeke doesn't really show on film. I watched like a highlight from him from what really have like he didn't really slow down it's just that t- tony pollard emerged and obviously you're going to go with the younger guy so i'm not saying zeke is prime from 2016 but it's like when you look at the running backs and how they like have that decline the older they get like zeke declined off his prime but like he's still i think in my opinion a little bit better than damian harris yeah i mean i understand what you're saying there and i think for sure the patriots uh part of that decision in letting Harris leave this offseason probably came down to us just seeing all the injury struggles he's had over the past few years and knowing that maybe the writing was kind of on the wall for him as you know happens with running backs a couple injuries and just like you know it you can be out of the league so it makes sense to me you know what you just said you get a guy who stays on the field more in Zeke you get a guy in Zeke who obviously is a way higher upside but I loved Damian Harris, man. I hated to see him go to Buffalo. Uh, And it was on a very sensible contract. One year, 1.7, nothing nuts. That was the only thing that kind of did it for me was he goes to a division rival for pretty much no money. I think think it could have been smart even to bring both in if you wanted to do that. But at that point, you're completely – you know, giving up on Strong and Harris. So I understand you can look at it as an upgrade, and that's probably how we view it, seeing as we paid him more than what Harris got. Exactly, and this is an upgrade from James Robinson that's signing back in free agency. Big time. That's another big positive right there. Yes, exactly. So, Kev, we had our first preseason game, finally got to see the Patriots in action. None of the starters really played. Uh, Bailey Zappi got the start at QB going up against CJ Stroud. Pat's offense looked real bad, like real bad. Um, And obviously it was none of the starters, as I said there, but the blocking all night was terrible. The run blocking in particular, we couldn't run the ball for our lives. We had a couple big plays. Zappi had a, a nice connection to Thornton. The defense looked solid. Mills got a pick off CJ Stroud early. Um, you know, some other guys showed out, but really what it came down to was the offense sucked all night and Malik Willis took over at QB and he lit uh, Malik Cunningham. Thank God we don't have Malik Willis. My fault. But uh, Malik Cunningham came on the field and he lit it up. So what do you take away from that first game? You know, can you take much away even seeing as it was just backups going out there? You know, how do, how do you view some of these performances? Um, so I look at it, I went preseason, it's kind of hard to judge it as a whole, like you said, because there's no starters out there. So like you evaluate, basically the one weakness I really noticed was that, like you said, the offensive line, that depth looked really bad. Um, I know that there's some guys right now that like Sidney Sow, um, I know some of those guys are getting reps in. And uh, I know they moved Riley Reef to guard, but those guys were like on the field, I believe. And they're struggling a little bit. So that is a little worrisome. But, like, hopefully Strange and Onwenu back week one is what we imagine. Hopefully those guys can stay healthy so we don't have to worry about the depth and worry about that. But the individual performances, man, Keon White, absolutely. And he was all over that field in that first half. And I don't even think it matters who is blocking him. I just think that 
he's a he's a big boy and you could see that so that was a great development to see i thought i'm pretty jennings played pretty well um he looked a little bit faster he looked bigger so it was good to see him and i know that he was a uh, a red shirt his rookie year um, I know that one of the practices in training camp didn't go well. They sat him down or whatever, but it looks like he's slowly developing, which is a good sign yeah. compared to like that Derek Rivers. And then obviously the biggest takeaway from this preseason game was Malik Cunningham. Um, you know, wide receiver first half quarterback in that fourth quarter. There's no point to play Trace McSorley at this point. Like you're putting him out there just to like bore everyone. Like you're not, there's not, he's not going to make the 53. You're not going to, yeah. Have anyone in your team be better? And I'm interested to see what they do with Malik Cunningham moving forward because he's been getting more reps. He made pretty good throws. I know Trey Nixon dropped a corner touchdown pass. That was a good throw. So, you know, I take away those individual performances and at least to see those guys. And my last thing I'm going to say about it is I'm glad that Demario Douglas only got two wide receiver snaps and then one punt return. I think Joe's how much the Patriots really respect his play and how, like, I believe he's going to be on that field getting a decent amount of snaps week one versus the Eagles. I don't – I won't necessarily go that far to say he's going to get decent snaps week one. Um, but what I will say, and we talked about when we were previewing this preseason game, um, we talked so much about the quarterbacks and how they were going to split up the time. And even then, you and I were both saying – you know, Willis kind of had, or Jesus, dude, Cunningham has, <laughs> Cunningham has the upside. Now I'm going to do that all episode, but Cunningham obviously has the upside mobility, the positional flexibility, all these things that you want. He's younger. Um, and McSorley just looked terrible. Like hasn't looked good in training camp. He's like clear, clear cut third best quarterback on the field. Zapier Mac. And we were saying like, there's not really a point in giving him a lot of run. You might as well give it to, Malik Cunningham, and after what we've seen week one, my opinion on it is that a pathway to this team as kind of like our Marcus Jones last year, where he was just our gadget guy on offense and on special teams, great corner too, but with him, we've kind of realized now, like, okay, he's he's too good of a slot corner for us to be doing this. He's a small guy. He's going to get hurt too much. So what did we do? We drafted Demario Douglas, and everybody was like, okay, that's going to be our punt returner. He starts doing well in camp. Maybe, you know, maybe now he's going to be the guy taking the jet sweeps and stuff. Demario Douglas now is too good of a wide receiver to do that. It's the same exact problem as Marcus Jones. You're going to hurt him. Then you can't use him at his real position. So in my opinion, through the twists and turns of this training camp, I think we've been looking for a guy to fill that role. And we now have it in Malik Cunningham. And I think that's how he's going to work his way onto this roster. So you think Malik Cunningham is going to get more of a gadget, Marcus Jones? I think role? he's just going to be like everywhere. He might get so, might might get some snaps at QB, you know, in the red zone, or if we want to do some wildcat stuff, might get some sneaks, might get an end around, return a punt here and there. I think he's just going to be used all over the place. So I uh, I sent you guys a tweet earlier, and then it'd be nice. I'm going to call it Adam if he listens to this. If you could join us for one of these podcasts, we get the three of us back together. <laughs> but uh. Malik Cunningham seems like he's going to get a Taysom Hill role. And that was pretty good for the Saints when they had Drew Brees. And, you know, like, they're giving Cunningham, like, one or two, like, handoffs and, like, these, like, practices. Like, he's getting, like, slight, like, obviously, like, one to three, like, practice, like, snaps of the ones you wouldn't think is, like, a big deal. But, like, I feel like they're slowly leaning this guy in to see if they could give him a bigger role, like that Taysom Hill like a wide receiver and then he can get quarterback and then he's also been doing uh, being the gunner on the punt team and that's exactly what Taysom Hill is and I think that if Cunningham can show that he can like be accurate in some passes obviously not put a lot on him but you can have this guy all over your field so I see him more as a Taysom Hill which I think would be very fun for the Bill O'Brien offense rather than the Marcus Jones gadget like type of guy. No, and I, I get what you're saying. I think Taysom Hill is still kind of a gadget guy to an extent, kind of fits that same that same category I'm talking about. It's just he's the most prominent one, and you've seen him do it for so long that, you know, you don't even call him a gadget guy. He's just Taysom Hill. He just does Taysom Hill things. He's playing tight end. He's playing quarterback. He's playing special teams, whatever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that would be great if we could get that out of Malik Cunningham. Uh, the Patriots have always liked Taysom Hill a lot. 
I remember when he was hitting free agency right around when Brady was leaving, people were thinking maybe we were going to try to sign him. Uh, Saints had to pay extra money to put a tender on him just to keep teams away, maybe like us. Um, but, yeah, if Cunningham could fill that role, man, that would be fantastic for our offense. Really, for me, I just think we recognize that this guy was an incredible athlete. We gave him all this guaranteed money. And now that he's come in here, I think that Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick have seen the flashes. Uh, they know that this guy can contribute to our offense. I think it's just a matter of them finding his role. And I think the rest of the preseason, you'll see them just trying him everywhere and maybe a little bit early in the regular season until eventually they find just kind of one spot for him, you know? Yeah, no, the only reason why I said more of Taysom Hill rather than Marcus Jones is because I think this guy's going to be, you know, taking snaps under center. Like, they're going to put him in shock, and I think they're just going to, like, have him, like, do, like, a quarterback draw, like, just be elusive on that, like, taking snaps and get Matt Jones off the field for a play. So that's why, like, I thought more of Taysom, or Taysom Hill than Marcus Jones just for that factor. And I think that, like, he showed, like, his elusiveness just on that touchdown. That was gross. So I just think yeah. that they're like, holy shit. And then you saw that he was, um, what is it, Ross Douglas, the wide receivers coach, said that Cunningham has taken Boutte and Douglas under mm-hmm. his wing. So he, I did see that. Like, he's he already a really leader. Good, right. So he has a good firm for the playbook on the wide receivers and quarterbacks. So I think that's huge. So I think that they're just going to try, you know, probably towards like the middle of the season. They're not going to obviously do it. I bet you he'll have like one package week one. If he continues to like dominate in the preseason, I wouldn't say he dominated week one, but if he continues to show that the ball yeah. should be in that guy's hand, I, I, I bet you they have like one it'll... play for him week one and then slowly work him in. I think it'll be like you might see him a little as a gunner week one and we might give him like a Jesse, something like that. You know what I mean? But for sure, as you can tell by this conversation, the huge takeaway from week one was Malik Willis's performance. Um, you already shouted out Keon White. He was the other guy that really showed up. But speaking of Keon White and Malik Willis, uh, Patriots have Stop started Stop doing up- that. Stop doing that, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. I don't even know why Malik Willis is on your mind. I don't either. He's just there. But – I can't, I'm Malik sorry, I can't let it happen, but there we go. Malik, Malik Cunningham. Cunningham and Keon White, both of them, uh, you know, have been in these joint practices for the Patriots. We've been seeing now Willa. Dude, I'm going to do it the whole time. Like, it's just not – it's it's not going to get out of my head now. <laughs> Malik Cunningham, he's been getting reps kind of all over the place in these joint practices. Uh, but one thing that I just want to touch on while we're on Keon White did you see the fight yesterday that the Patriots had with the Packers? I don't even know why they would try to fight Keon White. Like that's that's that. like the like, dumbest decision ever. <laughs> like you see that guy walk on the field, like they would shit their pants. Like he is not like how old is he? Like twenty three? Like he's literally twenty three, turning like he's thirty. Twenty four, and he's yeah. six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds. Like, why would you ever mess with that man? What are you doing? So, you saw was that helmet just fly in the air. Yes. So, for anyone who doesn't know, essentially, uh, in one of the Patriots' last joint practices, offense, day one against the Packers, looked terrible. They looked great. Uh, Jordan Love had some big passes to Christian Watson, things like that. They basically just dominated day one. So, we came out day two, super aggressive. Right away, there was like, a little scuffle started because Matthew Judon was like messing with one of their backup tight ends and like getting in his way and wouldn't let him off the field and stuff. So, you know, tempers already flaring. And then I, I forget the guy's name, some linebacker on the Packers. I'm sorry to whoever you are, but he made the very poor decision to try and mess with Keon white, took a swing at him. And at that point, Anthony Jennings just comes in from about 20 yards across the field, dead sprint in this punt return drill. And absolutely lays this guy out i everything i saw on twitter just said this was like the biggest pop you've ever heard like the most gruesome vicious hit so he obviously gets sent off the field after that huge you know scuffle erupts and you know the guy who ultimately started it ends up on the ground with keon white just casually picking up his helmet and tossing it off to the side so good to good to see the patriots i guess get a win in that sense 
Yeah, and I think they got a they got a win in uh, day two joints too. Like oh, for sure. I know. Um, J- Jair, what is it? Jair Alexander was uh, talking shit practice long and then like Google Peppers and uh, Alexander going back and forth and then Matt Jones had Savante Parker for a 50 yard touchdown and then the whole sideline just runs over to Parker and they're like ripping Alexander through yeah. open his mouth. And Peppers going, ran over to him. He was kept doing the like head top thing, you know, tapping the top of his head and shit. Kendrick Bourne beat Alexander in a one on one and I think the Bourne beat him bad. Was, that, that was a pretty good row, like that head tilt that Bourne did. So, I mean, that's and a great sign to see. If too. you've seen the video, yeah, Jair Alexander starts freaking out immediately after Bourne catches the touchdown. You can see how much Kendrick Bourne just loved that. Man had such a bad day. If you were Alexander, you probably should have kept your mouth shut. I think the uh, the most important part from this whole the joint practices with the Packers was that the end of day one, I think, believe that there's a miscommunication between Mac and the coaches on like how the situation was. I think it was supposed to be a two minute situation and the Patriots were just like running after like trying to score a touchdown when they should be yeah, out of bounds. And, like, he took to... us yeah, he took us back early in that to like it was and it was it was rough and Belichick yelled at him and you know like Mac last year was upset by all of that apparently. Like we don't really know how like he felt last year and then the next day Mac just completely dominated Belichick had a big smile on his face after the Pats were dominating and like when the Packers were drawn at him so that was a great sign to see I think that offense like this is we're getting good news last year we're getting shit news offense sucks this all of that like we know we have the old line problems but to see like the changes in Mac Jones I um I actually pulled this up I had seen this right I can just pull this up really quick. It was from last year's training camp to this year's stats. Mm-hmm. He was so last year through 16 um, days of training camp, Mac Jones in 11 on 11, he was 146 of 220 with a 66% completion percentage and eight interceptions. This year in 11 on 11 through the first 16 days, he's 168 of 218, 77% completion percentage and three interceptions. So that is a massive increase, and that just shows with the Bill O'Brien offense. So I'm just glad we're getting good news, and I think that this is the most excited I've been about a Patriots season since, like, 2017, if we're being completely honest. No, I, I mean, if I can be real, I think I probably had higher expectations back when we had Cam Newton. To did be you real. really? I think we both did, dude. I think you're forgetting that, like, after that week two game and see like he's he's gonna like win MVP again we we found Cam Newton Bill Belichick did it again we got him for nothing this guy's gonna be great I mean that that I think you're forgetting just how big like that train was early well, no, in the I season. mean but going but going into like going into the season like before week one like I don't know how we I don't think we thought the Patriots were gonna win the East yeah. or anything like they they still had like they just had Edelman and then we had Demir Bird and then our tight yeah. end was Ryan Izzo. So it was like, I don't think we had like the biggest expectations, but I think that it was just the fact that we had Cam Newton. Yeah. Such exactly. a big deal. But I just mean like going into it, like I, this is like the most confident I've been. No. Yeah. I, I would have honestly agree. since seven or 2017, even the last two years of Brady, like other than the Josh Gordon AB beginning, yeah. but that was pretty much it. I wouldn't necessarily say this is like the most excited I've been about a team, but basically the way I look at it is just like, you can't look at this team and say they haven't gotten better from last year. Um, and that just feels really good, honestly, because last year was awful. So just kind of the peace of mind that you're probably not getting another one of those. If we miss the playoffs, we're probably going to be a very competitive team that, you know, beat some good teams, probably loses some close games and ends up, you know, a game, two games out of the playoffs. So it is nice just knowing, like, we're definitely going to be competitive in the AFC. We're just screwed because the AFC is so good this year. Yeah, no, I honestly, I have, like, higher expectations for this team. I've been thinking about the last couple of days, like, really ever since the week signing. And I might be getting ahead of myself just because of obviously it's the past, but like I think they're gonna have a top five defense. And I think that if they can avoid injuries, signing Zeke, I think was is gonna be a lot bigger than 
it seems like right now. And I think that they're going to be like a 10 and 7, 11 and 6. And I know like before week one, we're probably going to do our predict, like our predictions and go into the schedule. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I think this team's going to be an exciting team. No, I agree. Uh, I'm excited for this team. Definitely do think we're going to have a top five defense. I think you and I are pretty aligned with the expectations for this defense. Like they should be a top, top unit in the league. It really all just comes down to the offense and how, how much they can improve from last year, because, you know, as we said, they definitely should be an improved unit, but you know, what's that jump going to look like and how's that going to affect the rest of the team? Kev, before we get into our 53 man roster projections, we've got Pat's Packers this weekend, just real quick. Before we, you know, go through who we have getting cut, making the roster at this moment, I just want to talk with you. A couple guys who you think can play their way onto this team in the next few weeks, or better yet, who have to play their way onto this team in the next few weeks. Guys who are on the bubble that, you know, need to need to make those extra few plays, turn those extra couple out. What do you got? I would say Keishon Boutte is the number one star in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, are the Patriots going to keep six wide receivers can he earn his way for the past to keep six um we know that he's getting better day by day in practices and training camp and we didn't really see him much week one with zappy on the field or anyone else so this is going to be a big game for him um i think the other one would be kevin harris i think Pierre strong is pretty much a lock to be on that roster do they decide to part ways with kevin harris after the zeke signing i think those two are my biggest takeaways for guys who will have to play a lot better in the next couple of weeks to try and earn a spot on this 53. Yeah, I think there, um, the Zeke signing has made this run more crowded and Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, I think everybody was kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt as they were the young guys who we drafted last year and, you know, they didn't get a ton of reps. So now you kind of gave them that red shirt year. You want to see what they can do this season Neither guy has really been super impressive in the offseason. And now with Zeke in there, they're not going to make the roster because they used a draft pick on them. Like, they're really going to have to earn that spot. So definitely agree with you there on Kevin Harris. Butte, same thing. Douglas has his spot locked up. He's got four established wide receivers ahead of him. He just has to do enough to make us take six, which is kind of a tall task, not going to lie. But um, it's really just a matter, I think, of, him separating ourselves to the point that we know we can't put him on the practice squad, that we know we're going to lose him if we don't give him a spot, and then maybe just trying to get creative to figure that out. For me, though, I'll look over to the defensive side of the ball. I'm really interested in how things are going to play out with this cornerback group. Um, as of right now, the guys who I think everybody has making their rosters would be Christian Gonzalez, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Miles Bryant. If you only have five corners on your roster – and one of them is Miles Bryant, who we know is very shaky. And the other one is Jonathan Jones, who apparently, you know, this is a lot of it's our doing and we're trying to ease him in and save him for week one and whatever it may be. But he's missed pretty much all of training camp. So you're going out there with Christian Gonzalez, who we think is going to be great, but he's a rookie. Jack Jones, who knows if he gets suspended in the middle of the season. So I think for sure we're going to be adding a sixth corner and it's just a matter of who's that going to be. Right now, I would say watch out for Amir Speed. Watch out for Isaiah Bolden. They've both had pretty productive training camps. Neither one has had that you know huge dominant day or huge dominant you know preseason game. But I would say those are two guys that the Patriots are going to be watching closely. You can throw Sean Wade in there as well. Um, but I would peg him to be more of a practice squad guy, similar to what he's been in the last few years. It does seem that Jack Jones is going to be able to get a plea deal. So it does not seem like until that's resolved, I don't know if they'll suspend him in the middle of the season or just to start next, but it seems like there's a pretty good chance that Jack Jones is um, playing 17 games this year, which I'm very surprised about. But to your point, I completely agree that the depth, Jonathan Jones, like you said, they're holding him until week one, injury concerns there. We don't want to have Miles Bryan as that guy. But what about Jalen Mills, though, too? Because he's going to make the team a safety in that group. But, like, if something happens and the cornerback... Yeah, you can always put it back on the boundary. Mills back. So that might be, like, obviously you hope that, like, Bolden and Speed are work their way. I, is it, I think it's Amir Speed that's, like, a special teams guy, too. Um, but yeah, he's been Amir looking Speed pretty can... good at um, 
corner or not. It hasn't been looking too bad, so it'll be interesting to see. He might be another guy that, like you just touched on, that has to have a good chance to make the 53. But I just think Jalen Mills, if they want to use the depth somewhere else, they might be thinking Mills could be that guy that steps in. But at the same time, Mills isn't always healthy either. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what that group can do. Yeah, no, um, I think you're right that Mills is definitely an option. You know, not something I mentioned there. But I think also with these guys I mentioned, it's the need of corner of another corner on the roster is there, um, as I just talked about. But it's it's also because both of them have been playing well in training camp and have looked good. Like, they're in this conversation because they've shown up. Um, so I think that's another piece of it is just who we're more impressed with and you mentioned speed with his kind of special teams versatility. That's obviously something we already love. And that's what I would say would kind of put him ahead of Bolden at this moment. But either guy has plenty of time to you know, make their impact. I, uh, I wonder if you have speed on your 53-man roster. All right. Well, we can find out here. Kat, you want to jump into these? Let's do it. All right. So we'll start with the quarterbacks. Should be fairly simple. I have Mac Jones, Zappy, and Cunningham. McSorley gets cut. I have the same three. All right, figures. Running back, I got Ramondre, I got Zeke, I got Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. I think Ty Montgomery is going to hit the IR, and then it's J.J. Taylor and C.J. Marbury out the door. I also have the same exact thing, so we are wow. Well, let's just I, – I guess we can talk about Montgomery for a second then because that would be the big piece of that. I wasn't sure if you were going to do the same thing as me, but obviously he got hurt early in training camp. He's been on PUP the whole time. Now we bring in Zeke. You got to kind of feel for the guy because he had such a great offseason last year, started the season well, had a touchdown against Miami week one, and then just immediately gets hurt out the whole year. What does he do? Comes back to camp absolutely jacked and is looking just as good only to get hurt again. So poor Ty Montgomery. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that just never can quite find his spot onto our team. You know, kind of like a uh, – Rayshon McMillan. Yeah, I was going to say kind of like dude. Christian Wilkerson, they, where it was like signed, every – They signed – even though that's nothing a big thing, and I'm sorry to completely go sideways, but they gave McMillan a contract extension – and yep. it's the second time that he's hit the IR and they give him a contract. Like, what do, What are you doing? Like, I understand you like the guy, but, like, he tears his ACL, like, yeah, every other out. year. And you just and you just give him money. It's like, I feel like it's a respect thing, but that's, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Montgomery, it's, I, exactly. I think Montgomery's. it's going to be the same thing. I think we're going to toss him on IR, and you'll see him for training camp next year, and he'll probably look great again. But, you know, who knows where this team will be by that. So I don't know how much longer he has, man. He's exactly. Like, 33. He's going to be like 32, 33, and yeah. he's definitely going to end. I don't even think he hits the IR. I think he's going to get cut, and then I don't know if any teams are going to pick him up because how the running back market is. Like, there's yeah, exactly. Valuable guys out there, so they might just keep it like just keep him close in hand, tell him to stay in mass, whatever practice squad, whatever. But yeah, he's just in. Him. He's just in a super unlucky spot for sure. Feel bad for the guy. Yeah, exactly. So going to the receivers. Um, I do have six on the roster. I got Juju Thornton, Parker, Bourne, Douglas, and Boutte with Trey Nixon and Thyric Pitts getting cut. The one thing I will say here, we just saw Tyquan Thornton go down with injury in uh, our last joint practice against the Packers, made a diving catch, came down hard on his shoulder. Who knows what kind of recovery you know that's going to be like. But with him already – kind of getting shifted out of that top group and Demario Douglas kind of getting pushed more in. I honestly wouldn't be that surprised if he hit IR again too. And that's how we got Boutte on the roster. I think they're going to, I don't think Thornton's injury is that serious, but he is injury prone. Yeah. Um, so I did have Boutte making it as well, along with the same other five, um, just for that factor of Thornton. And I know I keep going a little sideways, but, like, it just popped in my head as you were talking about type 1 Thornton and all that. But, man, just imagine if the Packers picked George Pickens over type 1 Thornton because I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff that that guy's been doing in practices. He's but nuts. Like, he's on 
fucking real. I feel like that. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see that catch he had where he's like fully vertical, like back to the field, and he just snags it with one hand, gets up, and just drops the ball on the corner's head he like is, that. Like absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, he just there's not really enough. Like I haven't seen it since like Odell Beckham, where it's just like every practice he makes a catch that makes your jaw drop. It's crazy. It's- it's crazy, and I'm sorry to bring that up because you know, take one four, and then we're unsure, and like Douglas is popping up. So George yeah. Pickens, just give into my mind because oh, the, uh, I would have loved, would have loved to have George Pickens, and I, I think he'd be way better on the Patriots too because I oh think Mac God, Jones is a better dude. quarterback than Kenny Pickett. Hundred and ten percent, dude, and that sucks because it's a PTSD from the Kiel Harry, even though it's a second round pick. But still, yep. you could have got. You he looks good. He gets hurt. It messes his rookie year up. Thornton too, so it's yep. gonna be that's a tough one. But hopefully, Thornton can bounce back because he did have two diving catches. But going back to the fifty-three, I did have six because of Thornton's injury concern and Devontae Parker's also injury prone as well. And Juju. Juju's um, dealing with something, yeah. As well, so I do have Boutte. Hopefully he has a good game Saturday as he's my number one star that he needs the ball out and impress this team to make the 53, but I have him doing that. So that is my six as well. So we are three for three so far. All right. We'll go to the tight end and see if the streak continues. As of right now, I have Gasicki and Henry. Um Mike Kosicki just dislocated his shoulder a couple practices ago. I think we're probably just going to keep him out this offseason. He might miss week one against Philly, but it was said to be a minor shoulder dislocation. So he shouldn't be looking at too much time on the sidelines. Um, and because of that, I, I don't think we'll take a third tight end. If we did, I think Matt Sokol has definitely been the guy who's played his way into that spot. Anthony Ferkser's looks solid too. Um, but I think we have enough tight ends on the roster. You got Scotty Washington, too. We used him at the end of last year. I think we're just going to toss somebody on practice squad and call him up for week one, and then Gasicki will come back, and that'll be that. Yeah, I agree with you 110%. I'm hoping Gasicki's there week one because that's just only going to elevate your red zone game. I, he should be back by week one. I think it's a, I think we got lucky with the diagnosis of his injury. Hoping he's there, but... Like you said, I don't think it was enough to add a third tight end to make it a 53 because it's not like you really care about losing somebody in that department. So I do have two tight ends. Yeah. All right. So going to the offensive line, I've got nine guys making it for me. Um, the projected starters, Brown, Strange, Andrews, Onwenu, Reef. I did put Onwenu in there. He's been on PUP this whole time, but just with – how little depth we have on offensive line. I, you, you can't put him on IR. You just can't like, like even if he's hurt, you got to keep him in there just if he can come back. I don't even know exactly what he's dealing with right now, but hopefully we can I see him back. Yeah. But I, I'm hoping we can see him back too, because that's definitely just going to make the rest of our lines so much better. And with the huge hole that we have at right tackle now and the amount of guards we have, just the ability to maybe be able to kick him over, you know, all those things. So I have the normal starters on when included. Um, and then I have Jake Andrews, Cody Rusi, City Sow, and Antonio Maffi. I think Connor McDermott in these past few weeks has started to play his way off this roster. Okay, so this is where we did go different. Um, I had obviously the original five of Brown, Strange, Andrews, on when um, Riley Reef, I obviously included him there. I think he's going to end up being that right tackle come week one. But an interesting thing, too, is that I'm really hoping, and I don't know if you saw the news today, is that Jason Peters announced that he is trying to play another season. And I think that's something that the Patriots should look into signing him because he was pretty good last year. He has made the Pro Bowl, I think, nine times in his career. Um, he is arguably, like I would say, top five offensive linemen of this decade. Um, So that's definitely someone like back in uh, 2012 when they brought in Brian Waters, like you had like a, you weren't comfortable with your guys at guard. So you went to sign Brian Waters before week one. He just comes right in there, does the job. So I really hope they do get Jason Peters, but I do have McDermott making it for now just because the contract that he got, I think that they liked what he did at the end of the year. And then I have Andrew Sow and Mafia. Yeah, so, I mean, just my thing with that is it seems like Reef 
is ahead of McDermott at this point for that right tackle spot. Um, and then we've started to see now recently a lot more of City Sow, who we drafted as a guard in the fourth round. We've seen him moving over to right tackle a lot more, and he's looked pretty solid. So just kind of the way I see it is I think we're knowing that we spent the fourth round pick on Sow. I think we'd like to let him battle it out with Reef rather than McDermott. And then when you look at the rest of what I have, Andrews can just slide in as your backup center. Cody Rusi has that flexibility as well. But then really Rusi and Mafia are your backup guards. And, you know, as I said, you have Sow and Reef just go for that right tackle position. Yeah, no, I definitely see where you're going with it. I just think for now, I think McDermott will. So who, who'd you have, who did, uh, who did you cut that I didn't cut? Cause you had nine guys too, right? Yes, so Rusey? I got rid of I yeah Rusey's off my okay. yeah I think he'll be like a practice squad guy. No, and, I could, uh, could see it. Yeah, yeah, and then I did. Um, I think we both after um, the first one parted ways with Calvin Calvin Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, I mean yeah. he just hasn't played yet. I think ideally we would have liked him, liked it to be him and Reef going for that right tackle. But as I said, with City Sal playing better too, and you even have Connor McDermott in there. Calvin Anderson is making more money than all those guys, and he hasn't played at all in training camps. So, I, you know, whether we toss him on IR, whatever we're going to do, I just I don't see him being in that group. Give that money to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> D-line, D- I got six here. Um, different six than I had the first go-around. I have Christian Barmore, Keon White, Davon Godshaw, Dietrich Wise, Lawrence Guy, and then – this time I switched it up. I put Daniel Aquale in there over Carl Davis. Unfortunately, I do have Trey Flowers getting cut. Yeah, so just so you know, I have White as a linebacker. I had him in there last time, and okay. I kept him there this time um, because I didn't change a thing from my defensive line, I don't believe. I have Wise, Godjo, um, Guy, Armour, Aquale, and I still have Carl Davis making this team just because I think Belichick liked him as that like ten percent of defensive snaps, just like rotation guy. So those are my yeah. six. No, we we like Carl. I I agree. I think we like Carl Davis a lot, but it just ultimately, you know, this is just a tough roster right now, and you have a lot of guys at corner and receiver and running back, like we talked about, uh, where there's extra spots, and I think that that's gonna be ultimately where a guy like Davis or Quale would have to make way because they both get meaningful snaps on the D line, but they're like our sixth best defensive lineman. You know what I mean? They're, they're good, but we, like we have the depth already. So it doesn't make sense to me. I I think you only should take one of those guys in my opinion. So let those two battle it out, but going to the way I split it up D line then I did my edge rushers, then my linebackers. So we may be a little different here. But for my edge rushers, um, I have Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings. And uh, unfortunately, I think the Ronnie Perkins experiment kind of comes to an end. So I had mine as just linebackers. And I let had... me hold on then. Let me I'll do my I'll just do them together then. I yeah. have four. So I had seven then because I had four mm-hmm. linebackers, Bentley, Mapu, Tavai and Mac Wilson, Raquan McMillan's on IR and then uh there's a couple of linebackers that we've signed this offseason. None of them have really even been around long enough to make an impact. Yeah, so I have my linebackers. I have this eight total with Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Bentley, Humphrey Jennings, um, Tavai. I put Chris Ford on here as a linebacker, uh-huh. even though he's going to be a special teams guy. Keon White, and I put Martin Lapu in that linebackers group. And okay. I had um, them parting ways with Mac Wilson just because I think that they're going to, from what it seems like, I feel like their kickoffs are going to be, like, I feel like their special teams will be fine regardless of that new rule. I think they're going to figure it out with there. So I think they keep Chris Board just for that special teams aspect. Yeah, I mean, I, I have Chris Board as well. I just put him as a specialist. Um, but as far as Mac Wilson, I just think, like, looking at how I broke it up, you would want because we play the three, four and you have those two guys on the inside. I think ideally for us, that's Bentley and Mapu. It'll be Bentley and Tavai to start the season. But I think you just want that extra guy because if any of them go down, all of a sudden you don't have any backups. And yes, Kyle Duggar can be used there, Adrian Phillips, but 
they've just been so good at safety. I think it's worth keeping the extra the extra body at inside linebacker just in case something does happen. But I know what you mean. Mac Wilson, not necessarily like the most essential guy on the team. No, he played pretty uh, deep into preseason game, I feel like, too. So yeah. I feel like the more we see him on the field in preseason just might mean that his time is going to go bye-bye yeah. pretty quick. All right. Now the corners. Um, I did have six. Christian Gonzalez. Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Miles Bryant, and uh, I had a mere speed getting that spot just because he was the higher pick than Bolden, and he's got the special teams going for him. Really, just playing corner, they've been pretty even in camp. I think Bolden might have more PBUs, but um, yeah, for now I got a mere speed in there, and then I even just broke down here just practice squad Sean Wade, Isaiah Bolden. I think both of them are going to end up there if we can keep them. I do like that. That gives hope for Amir Speed to make that 53. It would be nice if he did. Um, I do have five. I do have the Gonzalez, John Jones, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, and Miles Bryant. Just thinking that if the Patriots want to use their 53 elsewhere, I feel like Bill would rather do it with Carl Davis than an Amir Speed just because of how Bill's always done things and knowing that he could put Jalen Mills back at cornerback. So I do have five for that group. All right, and then for the safeties, I've got four. Duggar, Phillips, uh, Jabril Peppers, and Jalen Mills. I think Josh Bledsoe is really good, but I don't know how you could justify five safeties. We just don't need it. So I do have Josh Bledsoe making this team just because they did it last year, and I think Mm -hmm. that they've had a lot of praise for him, and I think that he's still, you know, learning how the – how it works in that group. And I don't think that they want to take a chance and put him on the practice squad. I think someone would sign him up. Yeah. Like I don't think we could. He'd, yeah, he'd get signed. So, right. So I think that he makes the team solely based off that. Well, he's going to be an active every single week, of course, but he will be just not wanting to lose him. Cause you also can't trust Jalen Mills' injury history either. So then like peppers is known for injuries. So I think Bledsoe finds his way on the 53. True, but I, I mean, I will say to you, it's really the same conversation we had about the corners where, all right, one of those guys goes down, you do have Marte Mapu, who has that flexibility. So I don't know. We'll see how much with a guy like with guys like Mills and Mapu, um, how flexible we want to be with them or if we want to just keep them at one position. But that's definitely going to have a huge say on how we construct this roster. I do going to say, though, before we continue, I hope that we get to see Marte Mapu more. Like, I hope we see him yeah. tomorrow. We probably won't because of he just got off the red uh, contact. I think we might. Nothing. I think we might. I hope, I hope so because, yeah, you hear nothing but good things about that guy. And I'm excited to see how they decide to use so much actually on the field because we've been just seeing it. We haven't really – or, like, seeing it on Twitter. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. Like, there's been no video. So I'm excited to see how this guy looks in the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then to wrap it up here, we've got the specialists. Um, I have six. Ryland as the kicker, Bryce Barringer as the punter, Joe Cardona the long snapper, and then your special teams guys, Matthew Slater, Brandon Schooler, Chris Board, Cody Davis on IR. I do think it's – Nick Folk is still very much in this conversation for the kicker battle. Uh, Ryland hasn't really done enough yet for you to definitely say he's getting it. I think really the only thing that has him above Volk right now is just the pick we used on him. Yeah, so. I have five. Um, and I agree with what you said. Obviously, I have um, sorry, Board as a linebacker, and then I have Ryland, Barringer, Cardona, Slater, and Schooler. Yeah, um, so we pretty much have the same thing. Do you think, and I know this is going to sound crazy because this is what we've talked about, like the past couple of position groups of like, this is like you have to keep guys on the offense so like where do you part ways like how do you where do you put the depth on your roster with this 53 but it, would it surprise you at all if we had Nick Folk and Chad Ryland make the 53 no, it that you could have like Nick Folk could do the kickoff and or like Ryland could do the kickoff and then you'd have Folk do the field goals if you didn't trust Ryland and then yeah. say like Folk struggled then you just cut him but like Bill Belichick when, like, we'd cut someone, like, a near speed, and you'd be like, oh, Nick Folk and Chad Ryland. So we have two kickers, and we let that guy go. And then he signs with the Dolphins practice squad. Like, yeah. it would just be such a typical Bill Belichick move. No, I 
I totally agree that I think right now the Patriots probably aren't super comfortable with just taking Chad or Island as their only guy, especially considering we've been drafting kickers or, you know, Norton, we didn't draft, we signed him undrafted, but we've been bringing guys in every year to take Nick Folk's job and nobody's been able to do it yet. And whether that's our scouting department just not doing well and getting these kickers out of college, or it's just because Nick Folk is pretty steady and reliable and that's not always an easy thing to find, whatever it may be, we haven't been able to get Nick Folk out of there. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does end up on the roster again. But I think definitely a lot of people would roll their eyes at two kickers on the roster just because, um, you know, it's going to it's gonna take a roster spot away from an Amir Speed or a Keishon Boutte or whoever that may be. So we'll see what we do. I also think it's possible that we could do what we did with Folk and Norton, where we have no kickers on the roster and we put them both on our practice squad. Yeah, you could definitely see something like that. I just think that, you know, I trust Nick Folk. I do, like, but he's losing his leg power, so I don't trust him yeah, from, like, sure. 50 out. But I trust, like, I, I remember, I forget what game it was last year. I think it was, like, the Bills game that he missed the field goal. The it's honestly, it's becoming, like, 45 out. Yeah, no, I was at that game. He missed and, it short uh, from, like, 44, I think. Yeah, and the dude freaking, there's a dude in the awesome, and he was just complaining how folk sucks. I'm like, dude, like, I feel like that's, like, the first kick that he's missed. And, like, yeah. but, like, the kickoff isn't great when we had to use that because, obviously, you had uh, Jake Bailey doing that part of it, and then that was a decline in that team. So I wouldn't surprise me if they decided to keep two, but I really hope not because hopefully they just go with Ryland. You have a dude who can do the kickoffs, and hopefully he has a stronger leg. It's just got to be more accurate. So hopefully they don't go down that route, but like we were saying, would not be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Simplest thing would just be that Ryland can figure it out and take this job over. We've got two more preseason games. That's going to be huge for the kickers. Um, and, yeah, it's, I mean, it's ultimately going to come down to a couple plays for both of them. Ryland most likely will attempt somewhere around five field goals in the next two games. And it's literally, I think, just going to come down to what his percentage is looking like on those. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Good. Definitely something to watch uh, between those two. But, Kev, unless you got anything else, I guess that'll do it. Yeah, hopefully, um, before you wrap this up, hopefully they give the Patriots offense, give Rylan a chance to show what he can do and not just, you know, have terrible drives the entire time. Hopefully the offensive line can learn how to block so we can get to see that kicker competition. Patriots will be in Green Bay tomorrow at 8 o'clock for that second preseason game. A lot of these questions will likely be answered, and we will be back next week to discuss all of that. Thank you guys for listening. And make sure you tune in next time.